Hey there, future fans! This week, don't worry, I do know how to spell Slim Pickens' name. The issue is that this week, there are Slim Pickings. This is the week of February 25th, 2022, and you are listening to the Future Flicks with Billion podcast. Welcome to the show, everyone. Yes, it is a slow week, so this is probably going to be a quick episode. There are a couple interesting things, but as you know, spring isn't always the best time for movies, even though some interesting things do come out. But until mid-spring into the summer, we are going to get a couple weeks like this. But my friends, let me introduce you to the show if you are new. My name is Billiam, and this is... Future Flicks with Billiam. This is a podcast where I talk about all the movies coming out during the week. Everything from wide releases to streaming to limited release movies. And even though I'm not perfect, I try my best to find all of them. And then I tell you what the movies are, what they're about, and who's in it. And for some of them, which I put in the wide releases and interesting indie section, I give it a score, which I call the Bill score or the Billiam's interest level score. And then I have a pick of the week, which I go, hey, friend, if you see one movie this week, this is going to be your best shot. As always, I invite you to come talk to me about movies. Uh, Tweet me, hit me up on Instagram, comment on the show on SoundCloud, or email me. You can find all that information in the show notes and at the end of the episode. And you know what? Tell me, if you were me, what would your pick of the week be out of all of the movies? And please remember, friends, I am not a movie insider. I only have the trailers to help me decide what movies look good, what movies look bad. So there have been cases where I have been wrong. And I was like, no, actually, I ended up watching this movie and it was quite good. And movies that looked good in the trailers ended up not being good. But we're more familiar with that one, right? We're more familiar with Trailer Guy, who we haven't talked about in a while, this mysterious person or woman or they them. I don't know. This mysterious person who makes trailers look oh so good, even if the movie is lackluster. But yes, I only have the trailers to go by, and that is what I base everything on, because I think it's 100% okay to judge a movie by its trailer. But without further ado, my friends, let us jump into the first segment, which is the limited release section with a movie called My Best Part... Jeremy is a young man at his breaking point, and he leaves Paris to return to his intrusive mother in Limousin. Limousin is something. This is a movie from France, and I was torn. I I kind of wanted to put it in the next section, because I think it could be very poignant, very good. Because this is about a young gay man at his breaking point who goes back to live with his mother and trying to figure out what's going on with his life. And while that could be a very important topic to talk about in a movie, the trailer just looked really odd and kind of like the movie couldn't really find its footing and didn't really know what direction it was going in. That's what the chaotic trailer told me. And I just couldn't picture myself watching it. Next up, we have a movie that looks even worse called Desperate Riders. 
Kansas Red rescues young Billy from a card game shootout. The boy asks Red for help protecting his family from the outlaw Thorn, who's just kidnapped Billy's mother, Carol. As Red and Billy ride off to rescue Carol, they run into the beautiful, tough-as-nails Leslie, who manages to escape Thorn's men. The three race to stop Thorn's wedding to Carol with guns of blazing. But does she want to be rescued? This stars Drew Waters from a few episodes of Friday Night Lights and the musicians Cowboy Troy and Trace Atkins. And my friends, you know when Trace Atkins is in a movie, you have quality because the name Trace Atkins means good acting. And see, what I did right there was better acting than I've seen from Trace Atkins. Except in movies like Lincoln Lawyer, where he just kind of plays himself, so it's pretty good. I'll be honest, I try not to be that person where I see a certain actor or something going on, a certain thing going on, like musicians in movies, and go, oh no, this is going to be bad. But whenever I see Trace Atkins in a movie, I 100% lose hope. Unless he has a very, very small supporting role and not much to do with the movie. But if he's one of the bigger actors in a movie, I have no hope for the film. But look, if you're a country music fan and you like Trace Atkins and Cowboy Troy, hey, check this out. But this looks like a basic and boring Western. Let's talk about one called Gasoline Alley. A man implicated in the triple homicide of three Hollywood starlets begins his own investigation because that's a good idea. Needing assistance, he enlists the two detectives on his tail in order to expose a conspiracy more explosive than any of them imagined. This stars Bruce Willis from Look Who's Talking, Devin Sawa from Final Destination, and Luke Wilson from Vacancy. Look, this isn't a bad cast. It's really not. But let's be honest, unless he's doing a sequel to one of his older movies, Bruce Willis isn't a name that holds that much weight anymore. As much as it pains me to say it, as much as I do rewatch the Die Hard movies, Die Hard 1, great Christmas movie. Die Hard 2, great movie to get into the Christmas spirit, like at the beginning of the season. 3 was great. Jeremy Irons was amazing. And Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson is amazing. Die Hard 4, live free or die hard with Timothy Oliphant as Thomas Gabriel, Maggie Q, Justin Long. That is a really good cast. And Thomas Gabriel, I think, is the best, the best die hard villain. Don't get me wrong, Hans Gruber is a legend. He is a f***ing legend, but he is just a person who is trying to steal money from one building where Timothy Oliphant's Thomas Gabriel held an entire city hostage. He is far more terrifying. But anyway, Gasoline Alley, no, it doesn't look good at all. I hate to say it. We have three more movies in the limited release section. The next is called The Burning Sea. An oil platform dramatically goes down on the Norwegian coast and researchers try to find out what happened when they realize that this is just the start of something even more serious. This is a movie from Norway and kind of looks like just your average action flick because we have this woman who's a researcher investigating what happened at this oil platform and then it looks like all these explosions are happening under the sea. Under the sea. Because... (laughs) Like, all these things are, like, falling into the ocean. Other platforms and boats are being sucked in. And now these people are stuck on this other platform and they have to get out. It could be very exciting, but it looks very basic. And that is why it's in this section. 
and my friends, the next two movies I I really thought about putting in the wide releases in Interesting Indies. I, I really did. Because one of them has a really good cast, and the other just seems over-the-top stupid gross fun. So let's talk about the former with Big Gold Brick. Big Gold Brick recounts the story of fledgling writer Samuel Liston and his experiences with Floyd Devereaux, the enigmatic middle-aged father of two who enlists Samuel to write his biography. But the circumstances that led up to his arrangement in the first place are quite astonishing, and efforts to write the biography are quickly stymied by ensuing chaos in this darkly comedic genre-bending film. This stars Andy Garcia from Ocean's Eleven, Emery Cohen from The Oa or The OA, I still don't know how to say it, Megan Fox from Jennifer's Body, Lucy Hale from Fantasy Island, and Oscar Isaac from Ex Machina. And this movie was, I believe, written and produced by Oscar Isaac and Kristen Wiig, of all people. Oh, no, it looks like they're just producers. But still, that's pretty cool. Look, I'm so torn. This movie could be really good. It could be really good. Or, at the very least, it could be fun and enjoyable. But my issue with this is that the trailer was so chaotic that I wonder if the movie is going to be just as chaotic because when you can't get a good feeling for what the movie is about, it's hard to judge if it's going to be something you're interested in. And that may sound like something obvious to say, but when we have movies that look like they're zany or wacky or over the top, there's still some sort of flow to the trailer where this one just kind of felt... It felt like something a beginning improv class would perform and think was hilarious and interesting. But you can't ignore the cast. That is a good cast. So at the very least, this is a movie just to keep an eye on. But I would skip it for now. And finally, in the limited section, we have Studio 666. Legendary rock band Foo Fighters move into an Encino mansion steeped in grisly rock and roll history to record their much-anticipated 10th album. This stars the Foo Fighters, as well as Jenna Ortega from The Babysitter, Killer Queen, Will Forte from MacGruber, Leslie Grossman from American Horror Story, and Jeff Garland from The Goldbergs. So this is an over-the-top, disgusting horror movie, because we have Dave Grohl, the legendary Dave Grohl, who gets possessed by a demon or a ghost or something, and he just starts murdering people, like over-the-top murdering. There's a scene in the trailer where two people are having sex. He or someone, you can't see it's him, but someone under the bed with a chainsaw pushes it through the woman's head. And then the guy's screaming and it goes into his head and they just cut them in half. And this other person who I think is one of the Foo Fighters is grilling on the barbecue and Dave Grohl comes up and shoves his head on the grill and then closes it on him and just beats him to death. But it's also done really tongue in cheek. So it's a gross over the top comedy horror movie. And that could be up your alley. And hey, if you're a super fan of the Foo Fighters, watch this shit because they're in it. And I bet you it has Foo Fighter music in it too. But unfortunately, I think this is something to skip and then wait to see if it comes to some sort of streaming service so you don't have to pay any extra cost to watch it. Well, my friends, that is it for the limited release section. And in the new version of the show, this is where I would tell you what I've been watching and streaming. But my wife and I recently have just been watching Guy's Chance of a Lifetime which is Guy Fieri's reality show where he's giving away one of his chicken, chicken guy franchises. Because, you know, normally to get a franchise restaurant, you have to pay some big fee and you have to find a place yourself and you have to do all this. But he's doing all of it for the person, whoever wins the show. 
I thought it was really good, but I'm a huge Guy Fieri fan. And we also watched Sing Street, which I borrowed from the library, but I did find out it's on quite a few streaming services like Roku or Tubi, I think it's on Tubi, but with ads. And that movie is from like 2016, I think. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It was very enjoyable. It's about this young man who who is going to this who's going to this uh, Catholic school in Ireland. It takes place in Dublin in the 1980s. And he's going to this Catholic school and he meets this young girl who lives across the street from the all boys Catholic school. And he kind of falls for her and he lies to her, says, yeah, I'm in a band. Do you want to be in one of our music videos? So he's like, oh, now I have to form a band. And so he does it. But the movie really does become mostly about the music and it's good music. Some of the songs are really good. Uh, two of the people you may recognize in the film who aren't, well, one of them is in a huge character, Aiden Gillen, you'd know from Game of Thrones. And if you saw Midsummer, you know Jack Rayner as the boyfriend. You should have a library card. They're very useful because even if you don't read a lot, a lot of libraries have movies that you could just borrow for free. And there's also streaming services that you can use your library card on. But even if you have to watch a few ads, I think Sing Street is quite worth it if you have not seen it yet. Some of the songs are still in my head. It was a good time, and I, I can't suggest it enough. Well, my future friends, it is time for our first and only break as we hear word from our good friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. And God help me if I make any more friends that have podcasts. Stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single popular culture and basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in because we're We're doing doing fine we are back we are back with the show with the wide releases and interesting indies and we're starting with one i'm just going to mention really quick because it's the godfather 
You've seen The Godfather, right? If you haven't, you should see The Godfather. It's getting a limited theatrical run for its 50th anniversary, so if it is one of your favorite movies, and you're around my age so you didn't have the chance to see it in theaters, I know at the very least it's going to AMC theaters. It might be going to some of the other big ones like Regal and Cinemark. It may be. But this is coming to theaters near you. But let's start with a Netflix original film called Restless. After going to extremes to cover up an accident, a corrupt cop's life spirals out of control when he starts receiving threats from a mysterious witness. This is a movie from France. And I'm glad that Netflix does so many movies from other countries. I think that's really great because I do love American cinema. But it's so easy to ignore that other countries do movies too. And now that Netflix is bringing more of those movies to the American consciousness through their service, I think that's a good thing. But this movie, however, it just looks too basic as far as a crime thriller goes. It looks like something we've seen before. We have a dirty cop. And and even though dirty cops are very topical right now, we've seen movies about dirty cops getting their comeuppance. And with this movie, you don't even have the benefit of someone you know. Because even if it's like that Bruce Willis film, not about dirty cops per se, but still, even with that, you have the fact that you know Bruce Willis, you know Luke Wilson. If you have seen the Final Destination movies, you know Devin Sawa. So unless you're big into French cinema, you probably don't know anyone from this. My friends, the next movie we have uh, is a big I told you so. I told you. I told everyone this. And the thing that's important to point out is I wasn't the only one saying this. I bet you a lot of you knew this too. But do you remember back in 2019 when Tyler Perry's A Medea Funeral came out and it was Tyler Perry retiring the character? It was him saying goodbye to a character he's been doing since the beginning, this is the first thing he ever did was a Medea, uh, a Medea movie. And in 2019, he retired the character, right? Wrong. Coming to Netflix this week, Tyler Perry's a Medea homecoming. Medea's back. Hallelujah. And that was actually in the premise. I'm not just trying to do a Medea impression. And she's not putting up with any nonsense as family drama erupts at her great grandson's college graduation celebration. This stars Tyler Perry from Star Trek. Yes, he was in 2009 Star Trek as one of the admirals. And returning Tyler Perry cast members of Tamila J. Mann, David Mann, and Cassie Davis. And also starring Brendan O'Carroll and Jennifer Gibney from Mrs. Brown's Boys. Brandon Black from Dear White People. And Gabrielle Dennis from Luke Cage. So it's interesting here is that this looks far better than any of the last few Medea movies. Diary of a Mad Black Woman and Medea Goes to Jail, I think, were two of the better ones. Because I have not seen all of the Medea movies. I've seen a couple. I think when I started the show, I had seen none of them. Uh, now I am a little more, uh, I am a little more learned in the ways of Medea. Because as a white man, these movies aren't made for me. I could still watch them, but there's so much that culturally I just wouldn't get. But as far as the trailer goes, this looks like a good one. And... It's fun because I know the show Mrs. Brown's Boys. It is a sitcom from England, from the United Kingdom, that in the same vein as Tyler Perry's Medea movies, has Brendan O'Carroll, this dude, in drag playing an old, a crabby older woman. So now Tyler Perry's Medea and Brendan O'Carroll's Mrs. Brown meet each other and 
Even before I realized that was Mrs. Brown in the trailer, I thought this looked like a better movie than the last few, especially better than a Medea family funeral. You know, I'm going to be honest. I don't know my demographic. I don't know what kind of listeners I have. So if I do have anyone of color, if I have any black listeners and you have seen these movies, be honest with me and tell me, is it just the fact that I'm white and thus wouldn't understand some of the nuances of these movies that I look at Diary of a Mad Black Woman and Medea Goes to Jail as the better of the movies and kind of ignored the others? Did you like Medea Family Funeral? Let me know, because I only have my own experiences to pull from. Even though I'm trying to read more authors of color, watch more movies by people of color, not just black, but going into other races as well and other experiences, I only have my own life experience to, to pull from. So I would love to know what you think. Oh, and I just realized I didn't give Restless a score. So Restless gets a 5 out of 11, uh, just too basic. And Tyler Perry's Medea Homecoming gets a 7 out of 11. I'm giving it a 7 because it's also on Netflix, which gives it points that you don't have to do anything special to see it. You already have Netflix. And it looks like uh, just a better movie than the last few. Next up, we have a movie called Butter. This is one of the two limited release movies in this section. A lonely obese boy, everyone calls Butter, is about to make history. He is going to eat himself to death live on the internet, and everyone is invited to watch. When he first makes the announcement online to his classmates, Butter expects pity, insults, and probably sheer indifference. What he gets are morbid cheerleaders rallying around his deadly plan. Yet as their dark encouragement grows, it begins to feel a lot like popularity, and that feels good. But what happens when Butter reaches his suicide deadline? Can he live with the fallout if he doesn't go through with his plans? So yes, obvious trigger warning for attempted suicide, or maybe even suicide in this one, depending on how it ends. This stars McKaylee Miller from Ma, Mira Sorvino from The Replacement Killers, Annabeth Gish from The Haunting of Hill House, Michael T. Williamson from Forrest Gump, Brian Van Holt from Cougar Town, of all things, and, as Butter, Alex Kirsting. This was another one I struggled with. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel. Because it could be a very poignant movie about the effects of bullying and mental health. Because even though in today's society we, we claim we're more woke, bullying and fat shaming are still going on. It's still a big deal. Mental health will always be a thing. And bullying is something that can be very silent too where you don't even know what's going on so this could be a very interesting movie in that sense but i'm also very i'm very skeptical of how it's going to deal with the final moment for him like will he attempt it will he try and go through with it will he stop last minute is it going to glorify his attempt and that could be a very dangerous message this movie made it into the wide releases in interesting indies because as much as it could be very controversial and iffy, it could, if handled properly, it could be a very important movie as well. And at this moment, I'm even questioning putting it in the wide releases and interesting indies, but it's too late now. Let's not back out and say Butter gets a 6 out of 11. Three more movies left, my friends. Let's talk about The Desperate Hour. This is the first and only nationwide release of the week. A mother desperately races against time to save her child as authorities place her small town on lockdown. This stars Naomi Watts from Mulholland Drive and Colton Gobo from Ginny in Georgia. And I have a very big 
suspicion that this was a movie that was made in the very beginning of COVID because there are only three credited actors in it. And most of the movie is either done with Naomi Watts alone in the forest or done over Skype or WhatsApp or some video messaging service with her son played by Colton Gobo. That's not really important towards the plot or my thought of the movie, just an interesting idea. But we have this woman who is taking a mental health day from work, which is very important. And I know a lot of people in the older generations will really shit on that. Like my parents don't get it. Like they worked. They worked sometimes seven days a week. And I bet you, your parents too, did something like this where they just worked and worked and worked and worked. Why take a day off when I could work and work and work? But our generation and generations after us, even some of the previous generation, are understanding that our time is valuable. But anyway, Naomi Watts taking a, a personal day from work, goes on a run before going back home, and she's plans this family night with her two kids, where they're going to get a pizza and watch a movie, you know, something sweet. And then she notices police cars flying the f*** all around the place, finds out that there's a gunman holding people in this building hostage. Who is one of these people? It's her son. And so she does everything she can to save her son. But a good portion of the movie takes place with her running through the forest trying to get to this place to save her kid. A lot of conversations on the phone between her and her son, her and the gunman, and her trying to talk to other people trying to get help. This sounds like an interesting thriller, but not interesting enough to be the pick of the week. Even though I like Naomi Watts, she is a very talented actress. This movie as a whole just didn't do it for me. So The Desperate Hour gets a 6.5 out of 11. And my friends, next up, the final movie before the pick of the week is called Let Me Be Me. This is a limited release documentary. A family connects to their autistic son through a radical treatment program, and the son grows up to work in the fashion industry. So yes, this is a documentary about how back in the day, if your kid had autism, they just kind of went to an asylum and lived there because no one knew what to do and no one really cared enough to try and do anything about it. But this family did care enough. So they found this radical treatment and it's radical because at the time they were just trying to work with the kids on their level. So if the kid was, you know, loved to wrap itself in a blanket and be in small spaces, they would try to do the same thing to talk to this kid as a human being. That's the radical treatment, treating them like a human being. And one of the great quotes from the trailer was that we expect these kids with autism to communicate with us on our level. And that's so true. So we, we follow this family as they go through this process. And then eventually what happened to their kid who now works in the fashion industry and he has a job and he has, a, he has a life. He still has autism. Cause you know, it's not just something you can straight up cure, but he can function in the world. And if it wasn't for that critical treatment, as a child, where they treated him like a human f***ing being, who knows where he would have been. And it's depressing thinking about all the kids that didn't get treatment like that, that were just thrown into some hospital, into a padded room. Like, what else could have happened? What could they have done with their lives? So this looks like a really well-done documentary about autism and how we need to continue and keep on rethinking how we treat it and talk about it. I know things now are far better than they used to be, but this is still a conversation we need to have. So let me be me gets a seven out of 11. And if you're new to the show, whenever I give a 
documentary a score. It's not my critiquing its its story per se. Like I'm not giving this kid or this now adult like, oh, your story's only worth a seven. Go f yourself. No, I'm saying that as a movie, because with a lot of things like this, we do have to separate it because I am talking about movies. So even if a documentary comes out about something I'm passionate about, I still have to view it as a movie as well. Well, my friends, the final movie, the pick of the week is a Hulu original film. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's ever happened before called No Exit. During a blizzard, a stranded during a blizzard and stranded at an isolated highway rest stop in the mountains, a college student discovers a kidnapped child hidden in a car belonging to one of the people inside. This is based on the book of the same name by Taylor Adams and stars Havana Rose Liu from The Sky is Everywhere, uh, the movie that came out a week or two ago, Danny Ramirez from The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, David Reisdahl from Nine Days, Dale Dickey from Hell or High Water, and Dennis Haysbert from 24. Yes, the man with the voice himself. I'll be honest, if anything else came out this week, anything else, this probably wouldn't be the pick of the week. But... It's so slim. The pickings are slim. I said it. The pickings this week are slim. Slimmer than a gem that you snap into. Oh, yeah. I know that's terrible. I apologize. But also, this does look interesting. So we have this woman who is actually running from a rehab program because her family is in trouble or something's going on. And the rehab program's like, look, you agreed to be here because of the court or some shit like that. So you'll be arrested if you leave. But she's like, no, it's my family. Like some sort of Dominic Toretto in treatment. But on the way, she finds out the road is closed and she's stuck with these people while the storm goes on and she goes out to her car and hears someone screaming. It's this little girl in the back of a van. So she has to figure out out of the five people in the rest stop with her, who did it? And the only issue that I can think of off the top of my head is that there has to be some reason she doesn't bring it up to the group going, hey, there are five cars out there or six cars out there. There are six of us. One of those cars has a kidnapped child in it. We, the good ones, outnumber this person, so let's find out who owns this van, and then confront them that way. Unless the kid goes, oh, they have a gun, or, oh, they'll kill me, or I don't know, something. So that part has to be explained why she just can't come out and ask. Otherwise, this whole movie, this whole thriller movie, is just going to be based on someone not thinking, and I don't like that. But as far as new movies go this week, I think this is going to be the best one, because a lot of people have Hulu. It's not the biggest streaming service but guess what you probably know someone who has it so you can borrow their login or you probably have it yourself it's not great it isn't so if you skip a new movie this week and watch something else i would fully understand i would probably do that myself because remember last week the king's man came out on streaming i think hulu and hbo max so if you have one of those you can watch that instead but if you absolutely positively wanted to watch a new movie i think this is the best bet it looks like a good thriller that, based on my fear of it, only needs one line of dialogue to explain how the whole movie takes place. But the good news, my friends, that for the next foreseeable future, this is the last week where nothing interesting is really coming out. Because coming up in the coming weeks, we have movies like Bat The Batman, Pixar's Turning Red, Operation Fortune, The Lost City. Interesting looking movies. So if this was your first episode, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that it was such a boring week for movies but I hope I somehow made it at least a little entertaining. And if you do watch one of the films that are coming out this week, I hope you enjoy something. Oh, I did forget to say that Big Gold Brick, The Burning Sea, and The Desperate Hour are also coming out to uh, video on demand. But let me end this with the score 
and I'll say that no exit gets a 7.5 out of 11. While my future friends remember to reach out to me, say, hey, I am on Twitter at FutureFlixPod or my personal account at BilliamSWN. Hit me up on Instagram at BilliamSWN as well. Email me, BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Find me on Letterboxd and give me a follow, BilliamSWN there too. I do love the TikTok app, but I haven't produced anything yet. So if I ever do, I'll let you know. Please don't forget to check out the great friends of the show, the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. Raz from Raz's Midnight Macabre still has his two episodes on the Broad Humans Podcast, which can be listened to on Spotify. All of these shows can be listened to on Spotify. So as always, reach out to me. Tell me what you watched most recently. Tell me if you liked it. Do you have a recommendation for me? Do you want a recommendation from me? I will be here. And until next week, I hope I've helped you find some interesting movie. And no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, I hope you take some time to catch a flick. I'll see you in the future.